0: I'm gonna
2: break your heart with it. Nobody could save Whatever you
0: want.
1: And welcome back to Movies for Life. I'm one of your co-hosts, Michelle Egan.
3: And I'm your other co-host, Brian Kuiper.
1: And we are back with one of our new favorite series, I think. Uh, we're back with another Friends Forever favorite. And uh, we have an amazing guest for our show today. She is one of my favorite people that I've ever had the pleasure of uh, meeting through the internet through Twitter. She has a wonderful podcast of her own called Schlock and Awe, where she just has even more amazing guests on to talk about some pretty cool double features. Uh, welcome to the show, Lindsay Wilkins hey
2: hey no i want to talk to you guys about chaos theory um where do you think the drop of water is going to go as i delicately flirt with both of you by dipping water on your hand
3: <laughs> are you saying there's imperfections in my skin
2: yeah <laughs> yes. Yes. Everyone, has these little, darling these gorgeous little i've seen this movie too many times i've right. has little imperfections so you don't know where the drop of water is going to go
1: <laughs> microscopic imperfections <laughs> microscopic, microscopic. <laughs> you cannot
2: see them to the naked eye everything is perfect
1: but yeah I think you kind of gave away what uh, what movie you picked for us <laughs> <today>. <laughs> yes I did <laughs>
0: uh,
1: so do you want to introduce like what one of your forever favorite movies
2: is that we're going to talk about oh yeah what I am um, I chose is when Michelle just asked me don't think just pick for the movie I had to go with 1993's Jurassic park uh life will find a way this was the the first movie that came to mind because i was like oh god there's so many movies and she's like no quick pick and i went well dress Park, and so we are here to talk about one of the greatest monster movies of all time
0: you know
3: usually (laughs) i don't know what someone's gonna pick you know Mm. they'll they'll come on and uh, like umbrellas of sherberg you know jessica scott (laughs) yeah yeah okay that was the last movie on my radar loved it and love talking about it. Mm. But with you, I was like, she's going to pick Jurassic Park. I just <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just knew that was what it was going to be. Being a fan of your show, you've mentioned it enough mm. um, that, I, that I knew it was going to be the one that came up.
2: It comes up a little bit, yes.
3: <laughs> now, what's your history with Jurassic Park?
2: I was about 12 when this movie came out back in 93. So as soon as I heard the words Steven Spielberg in Dinosaurs, I don't think I've ever been that excited for a movie that was coming out up to that point because everyone knew who Steven Spielberg was, it is even if you're a kid. And I was usually excited for, oh God, I remember running around the house yelling hook, hook, hook when hook was coming out. So I was a, already a Steven Spielberg kid. And then to find out he's doing a, he's doing a dinosaur movie, because um, like most kids in the 80s, you're into dinosaurs because these giant monsters that used to walk the earth and there are bones and they're awesome. And they had difficult Latin names and except for the T-Rex and, and all that kind of thing. <laughs> So I was twelve and I heard this was based on a book, not knowing that Steven Spielberg has a gift for choosing shitty books to make amazing movies out of, like Jaws.
3: <laughs> this is very, very true.
2: Yes. The he book does. Blows. He has a The
3: book is really, book, really um, yeah.
2: Is it?
1: I don't End remember. Maybe yeah,
2: yeah. Oh well, the thing is, I love Michael Crichton movies. I cannot stand his writing. I have always rubbed it up <laughs> up against it, even as a kid. And these are things it's I should Very sensey. Very sciencey, too sciencey. Yes, it's it's, it's very dry, and I got really worried because I'm like, "Oh no, this book is terrible. I'm not enjoying this at all." And we went—I think for opening weekend, both my parents were there, which was really rare. Uh, Usually, it was my dad, but for some reason, my mother, who was not a movie person, came along to watch the dinosaur movie and i don't know from the beginning i was hooked as soon as you see that f- first scene with the guys in their jurassic park hard hats which god bless john Hammond for having the logo everywhere and <laughs> the guy he being knows dragged his brand decade,
3: That's...
2: <laughs> he knows his brand he's a genius of branding <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: and that scene i was like okay i am so and i didn't even know what a raptor was except for maybe vaguely in the book but i i don't know the book had kind of disappeared so i did not expect the reptiles in that movie. Everyone knew about the T Rex. That was what they were screaming about when this movie came out. That was what was in the trailer. That was in everything. And then you get these other little tinier creatures that are way more deadly than what you think the deadliest dinosaur is. I remember biting onto my popcorn thing that I had had a big hole in the in the side because I just kept <laughs> just every single time there was a dinosaur <laughs> attack. <I'd> go, <laughs> just and from then on, it's just been. Important movie. True love ever since. (laughs) True love ever since. I mean, sometimes when I was a teenager, other movies that were more sort of, I guess, teenage y, if you're a teenage girl in 97, that had Leonardo DiCaprio, may have surpassed it for a while. (laughs) But then every few years, I'd go back to Jurassic Park and go, oh, this movie is amazing. And it still is. I, I, I absolutely adore this movie, even though it's so familiar. I can't help smiling at every scene, every character beat. The way Dean Cundey shoots the hell out of this thing, just certain angles that make even the most boring angle look exciting. Like someone getting out of a car. I don't know. It's, it's just a perfect, (laughs) for me, it's a perfect, it's the perfect
1: movie. There is nothing wrong with it. Not really, no. That's what I was kind of thinking when I was rewatching it today. Like I hadn't watched it all the way through in a little bit. Mm. And I was just like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with this at all. I love this. I mean, you're talking about Mm. just so many iconic shots, just everything mm. the, the the last shot of the t-rex his foot stomping down mm. in the mud the the cup uh, the glass of water you know with the ripples in it like it's, yes it's perfect it's like it's so recognizable and i kind of i love that it's it's come back you know to varying degrees of success depending on you know what you think of the this new jurassic world trilogy yes. i mean it, it was such a huge deal when we were kids and now that kids now can experience it in different ways super cool because this was everything when we were young
2: <laughs> yeah that was in 93 i don't think any any no other movie well except another little movie that steven spielberg made that on yeah, schindler's list those are the only two movies in 93 that we're getting talked about yeah it was his year then he won proceeded to win every single oscar because of those movies yeah so steven spielberg good director keep saying that <laughs>
1: He's going places, yeah. He's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, yeah.
2: pretty good. Yeah. Well, he's got some it's about
3: interesting it. though because he had been kind of on a streak of movies that were not as appreciated before this came out. That's what I remember kind of about yes. this era. You know, he had done movies that are good,
2: but they were e. e. not
3: some mm. are not. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't the peaks. They weren't Jaws. They weren't Indiana Jones. They weren't uh, E. T. Mm. They were Hook and always yes which is a nice little movie empire of the sun and color purple were sort of his Mm -hmm. color purple got a lot of respect
2: it did yeah
3: but you know it was sort of like he's trying to be the grown-up director and then everyone's like okay give us jaws again you know and he kind of did with jurassic park giving us that movie that we wanted to see and then that same year coming back and offering his most personal and mature work to date with Schindler's list mm-hmm. later that year and doing them back to back. Uh, Cause he went from the set of Jurassic park to Germany, uh, to where they shot it it's in Poland. In Poland. It in Poland. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, doing sort of post-production work on Jurassic park while working it's on insane. Schindler's list.
2: Post-production work for, for Jurassic park.
3: Yeah. I can't even imagine that kind of situation to be oh, working in. Oh, it would have in. been. <laughs> you know, yeah. And to be so successful it, with both.
2: Exactly. I can't imagine what that would have been like. But, yeah, at the time as a kid, I was just – because you remember back in the early 90s how they used to have those specials of movies that were coming out, those shows sort of behind the scenes, especially sure. as movies were getting mm-hmm. more effects oh, yeah. heavy? That was Jurassic Park. And looking back at the reviews of Jurassic Park as an adult, I'm kind of seeing that. Like, beforehand, oh – Steven Spielberg is going back to the well so people were excited like oh he's going to make Doors again this is the Spielberg we want, we don't want the always or the Hook director um, and I haven't seen right. Hook as a kid so I have no idea how for me that movie's going to hold up but I have heard rumours that it's very gory. Gauze- gaudy
3: not so much, um, yeah. yeah it's been a long time since I've seen it so yes. I don't know
2: yes <laughs> <laughs> I remember going, oh my God, like this is, I don't know, I was a kid They had freaking Dustin Hoffman playing Hulk, but I need, I do need to actually watch it as an adult. Then you're looking back at some other reviews that are often sort of saying, oh, he's going back to the world because he can't do the adult movies. He's a, he's a children's director. And then he comes out with Jurassic Park and then the reviews go, there are some snaggy ones like, yeah, it's a good monster movie. And then everyone's like going, oh, okay, this is what he does best. This is the kind of movies he makes. This is great. And then Schindler's List comes out and everyone's like going, oh, wait, he's actually not the director we <laughs> thought he was. And he made these two movies at the same time. He has a habit of making dual movies. He does this a couple of times in his career. I'm like, you need sleep, <laughs> please. And, <the laughs> post- and post-work on Jurassic Park would not have been... Easy. I mean, you had the effects that, oh effects that had never been used. You had giant, giant yeah. models, T-Rexes. How do you shoot those in the dark? How do you light them and how do you put, uh, color time them in a way that they're not going to look too janky and all that kind of stuff? And then you're also working on a such a deeply personal movie where you're in Poland where a lot of these events took place and you're trying to make Schindler's List with this freaking dinosaur. And he made he made Jurassic Park so he could make Schindler's List. That was the agreement. Because the studio was like, going, well, we've had this in the works, but, you know... Holocaust drama, is that even gonna work anymore? Does the public even want this to watch this? It's well, gonna Schindler's
3: be too- List had been through lots of hands by it's the cool time he got this too. Yeah, it's cool. yeah it's it's, uh, which, it was at one point.
2: Yeah, it's a weird history. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you're just kind of looking at it, and then you're looking at kind of the miracle of those two movies, but then you watch Jurassic Park, and it feels. Easy, like I don't know how I describe it. This movie is not easy. I mean, they were using technology to make a movie they had never been used before, especially with the CGI yeah. kind mm-hmm. of thing. And then you watch it, and it just feels so effortless that Steven is going, "Yeah, I know how to make this movie. Yeah, the tech is going to be a nightmare, but I've been there before. I know how to hide things. I know how to shoot certain angles because the, the stuff he went through with Bruce and Jaws is is legendary. So that's why you don't see the shark that often because he kept <laughs> sinking to the bottom of the thing. But it's yeah, and it's just, it's kind of a miracle of a movie, but it feels effortless, even though that kind of movie is not an, an easy movie to, well, no movie is easy to make, but trying to deal with animatronic giant dinosaurs, and working with CGI, working with kids, because again, Kids in Peril, that's a Steven Spielberg thing. Yeah, and then you're just watching it, and you don't think about any of that. As a kid, I was just like, he he actually did it, he brought dinosaurs back, there they are, I'm looking yeah. at them. Yeah, he he did it
3: it does help when you have Stan Winston and Dennis Muren and Phil Tippett and Phil you know tippet, the very yeah. best in the <laughs> in the industry working <laughs> yes. on your movie yes. they back this with bucks you know to, mm. to make this movie I mean so and you can uh, tell that this is a very prepared film I, as yes. I watch it it's like you can tell that every shot is laid out everything is ready to go and you've got you know, like you've already mentioned Dean Cundy as your DP, that is gonna give you a an incredible look and smoothness. Yes. With Cundy, that goes all the way back to Halloween. And you know, you can just see oh, yeah. all of this that he's done uh, you can see the foot fingerprints of Spielberg, of course, but also of Dean Cundey on this film.
2: Oh, very uh, much so. Just in
3: his, his, his abilities just to make that camera float and glide. And- mm.
2: There's a couple of things, especially when you're in the computer office or compound or whatever that thing is with Samuel. It took me so long to remember that Samuel L. Jackson's in this movie, um, yeah. even though he is one of the best lines. And Hold, on the it, Hold on to your butts. Hold on to <laughs> your butts. Hold on to your butts. And how it kind of glides... Over the desk, so you can see Samuel L. Jackson's very, very tidy desk, and you go over to. Sorry, I'm still gonna call him Newman, even though it's Mike. I think Mike Knight. Um,
3: <laughs> Nedry. Nedry. <laughs> yeah. um, Wayne. Wayne Knight. Yeah.
2: Which would be my desk? <laughs> that would be that would be my chaos of a desk. I would just have yeah. bits and pieces everywhere. <laughs> but it just, I don't know, the way it flies over the dinosaurs, how he shoots the T Rex, and I don't know. Oh, Dink <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: Beautiful. I mean, mm-hmm. and mixed with John Williams' score, like "Hello," oh
2: my god, yeah, Was my good. phone ring really, yeah, he he's, he's pretty <laughs> good. Yeah, it's pretty good. I remember yeah, someone uh,
1: tweeting, tweeting something out, like some uh, old video of him composing for Jurassic Park. Imagine Steven Spielberg saying, "Like, hey, I need some music for my dinosaur movie," and John Williams just says, "Hey, I, I, okay, I will write the most beautiful thing you've ever heard in your life," and that's like pretty much what it is uh god i still like when i watched jurassic world i mean that shot at the end with the t-rex and then like the score of him like roaring over the park i mean that made me cry just like hearing that again you know and it still kind of lifts you up when you watch this movie i've always loved the beginning of this movie because it sounds like a horror movie that mm-hmm. music that starts over the opening credits like even that is so cool and i mean it's iconic beautiful i love yeah.
2: it no it is i mean it's like oh you think you cried with et wait till you hear dress the park <laughs>
3: <Right>. <laughs> one of the things that i think is smart about william's approach to the music is it's the promise of the park you know it's yes. what it could be it's the what right. it's meant to be mm-hmm. and it's very uplifting though, and hopeful so yeah exactly. yeah yeah it's it's full of wonderment you know oh, yeah. It's, and and it's got that adventurous spirit and sort of the alternate because um, the the two main themes are the da 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 da, da. Uh-huh. and then the the other one <sighs> bum 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 <sighs> ba, da, 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 <laughs> bum 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 yeah uh, so you've just got these two big themes that weave in and out but there's so much about just the awe of the thing it's like oh my gosh I mean because I I guess it it sums up for me that moment. When San, when they, they, see they the just dinosaur the for first time when they see the when they see the first yes. one yeah, yeah. and yeah, and the they don't show really. it for the yeah. longest time they just show their faces and they that's they really show, such
1: an amazing way to do that
3: <laughs> it and, makes me know, so happy grab- awesome. grabbing yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah grabbing Laura Dern's head and turning it yeah <laughs> so that she sees it and you know and then then you know that crazy son of a bitch he did it um,
1: <laughs> even Malcolm gives a little smile yeah it's yes.
0: So
3: <laughs> For me, what was so cool was that the first dinosaur you see was the brachiosaur because mm-hmm. that was my favorite dinosaur. Everyone was like, "I like the T Rex," because it like, it, you know, like you know. For me, ever since I was a little kid, I always drew the brachiosaurus because it was the biggest. It was the, yes. but it was also weirdly graceful and oh yeah. To, so so to see that thing on the big screen for the first time, I was fifteen. I yeah. I'd sort of moved past my main dinosaur phase by that mm-hmm. age, but <laughs> as a kid, that's all I was ever into was dinosaurs. That's all I yeah. drew them all the time, and that was the one I drew the most. And so to see it really be there, and you know, you watch these effects now, and they still think about you know early '90s computer effects, and you don't Even think, late 90s. <laughs> yeah, you, the you don't think the best that it ever has been but here they're still some of the best that there ever have been yeah. uh, the the care and detail that is put into those fully realized ones because they had to match the ones that were actually built mm. by stan winston and it just we'll tip
2: it and, yeah
3: yeah and all, all of these all those incredible folks that put mm. this movie together they had to match up in fact the cgi dinosaur i remember Hearing this, I didn't know what it meant at the time. They added film grain to the CGI dinosaurs because they were too clear.
1: Yes, (laughs) okay,
3: and that's a detail that a lot of other CGI in the early days missed. Was those kinds of things? It needs to be part of the movie.
1: Otherwise, it would stand out too much. Yeah, Yeah, it would. Yeah, and And the first time you see the yeah,
2: the first time you see a brachiosaurus is coming out of the lake, so you kind of see it often in, in, in the distance, but Going back to Brian's point is that the John Williams score promises wonder, and you just get that. There's so many famous bits in this movie, but John Hammond walking out and going, welcome to Jurassic Park, just as, I mean, Spielberg knew exactly where to put his the music as well. He was a master of blocking, but John Williams walking, going, and then you hear the bum, bum. and it's just this kind of wonder and the fact that you're introduced to the brachiosaurus Uh the first dinosaurs you see are the ones that are the herbivores the ones you loved as a kid like the stegosaurus uh, not the stegosaurus the triceratops the brachiosaurus Mm -hmm. it's not the gentle ones
1: the nice ones the gentle (laughs) ones
2: and it's yeah you've got the hint of the raptor but you don't know what that is and you kind of forget about it until they're introduced Mm -hmm. again but what I love about this movie, the T-Rex attack doesn't come till halfway through the movie. That's where uh-huh. the turn is from wonder to, oh shit, these animals are dangerous. These don't particularly care that human beings are now running around and they don't particularly care for being locked up in cages. They want out. And that's the first thing they do as soon as the power goes out. And I love that after that out point, that's when you start seeing the really dangerous, more dangerous uh, carnivores. And it's such this great flip. But you spend a good chunk of the movie in that period of, how cool is this? There are freaking dinosaurs. Yeah. And this is amazing. And he lets you live in that wonder for a while. And it's a slow build up to when you actually get a full look at the T-Rex. Like, the, as we mentioned before, the, the water, these hints, it goes dark, it's rainy. It's, it's just an amazing way this this movie moved. Spielberg knows that you want to be with the dinosaurs. <laughs> you just don't want to go into the to the T-Rex trying to kill two children. It's or eat two children because you know it, the goat's not gonna be enough
1: he's gonna eat the goat i love that line
2: i'm a vegetarian that is such a 13 year old way to say i'm a vegetarian <laughs> I, I think i may have vegetarian. said that once i uh. happen <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> to <be> vegetarian <laughs> trying to sound older and more sophisticated than you actually are <laughs> right I eat the goat <laughs> uh and just when you see him eat the goat it's fantastic oh her she, when she eats oh, yeah. the goat and i don't know just the way this movie moves and just the fact that Steven Spielberg knows that you want to be hanging out with the dinosaurs that you want to be caught in the wonder and then you can go and now meet the t-rex and now you know you're fucked
1: (laughs) that's what I was kind of thinking when I was watching it I was like he I'm sure this is probably from the book but like this is such a perfect choice the types of dinosaurs that are featured in the movie Mm. because like those are the ones that are they're easily recognizable like you know which one it is and the triceratops is probably like sam neill's character says like uh, his his favorite dinosaur when he was a kid i'm when sure was it was a lot of is. i'm sure yeah. it was a lot of you know kids' favorite dinosaurs like those are the ones that you really want to see it's like if if you knew you were going to see a dinosaur movie you're probably like oh, okay i hope we see the one with the long neck and i hope we see the triceratops and i hope we see the t-rex you know and he gives it to you in such amazing ways yeah I was yeah. just thinking about that. Today. I was like, that's a really, that's really smart to like, you know, give people that maybe kind of know dinosaurs or already are in mm-hmm. love with dinosaurs. Like what do they want to see in this um, beautiful way that we're presenting them to you?
2: Yeah, especially childhood memories of dinosaurs because most kids yeah, go sure. through a dinosaur phase. And if you grow up and learn about more and you realize the more intricate ways dinosaurs are and the fact that they maybe more look more similar and they were kind of more animals, but you want the fantasy of I want to see a triceratops. I want to see a yeah. brachiosaurus. That's what I want to see. And then when you see it, it's like, oh shit, there's a triceratops. And then him and Dean Gundy know exactly how to shoot that T-Rex when she walks out of the fence and you get the full glory and you're like, that is a T-Rex. That is awesome. And then you go, yeah. oh no, they're in trouble. <laughs> there's an awesomeness to um, even the computer generated dinosaurs as well as the actual animatronic dinosaurs. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. Mm. But I think from a story structure, this movie will always be compared to Jaws in various ways. I think that's just the way it is because they both have teeth, right? Yes. Uh, Land Jaws. Yeah, but I think Mm. what he took a lot of the lessons that he learned from things not working on Jaws and Mm. put them into this movie even though things were working because like we said, you've got Stan Winston and his crew I, I know there were some things like I, I think the rain bogged the skin down of the T-Rex or something like that yeah. I, or something like that. There there were different things that happened still, but it's, it wasn't like the shark is not working. We have to shoot around it all the time mm. like it was in Jaws. I mean, here it's like these things generally worked, mm. but he still t- told the story that way. Like we we know how the velociraptors hunt. Because we've seen Sam Neil demonstrating with his little talon on that mm. asshole kid, you know <laughs> how that's gonna go down, you know, and uh-huh. but and it's also it's also like Chekhov's gun. if you're gonna ha- show a gun in the first act, you better use it in the third. Well,
0: yes, he does, and the he gun does. just
3: happens to be a velociraptor <laughs> and but then there's also you you hear the tour, you know, where you're not seeing any dinosaurs, like you hear. How the Dilophosaurus uh, is poisonous and causes paralysis Mm -hmm. and all of that. So there's a lot of information. It's almost like that scene in Jaws where Brody's reading all the books
0: Mm. and he's
3: finding out, hey, did you know sharks can do this and do that? And his wife looks at the picture of, of the shark eating the side of the boat. Yes, you know, which is it's exactly sort of,
2: what which yes. is what
3: happens in that movie, and so, so you have spoiler alert. Mm. If you haven't seen Jaws, I'm just kidding. What? Um, so <laughs> like Jaws, it sets up a lot of those things in a similar way. Even though it wasn't out of necessity here, it was out of just lessons learned from the success of that kind of storytelling. Yeah, uh, it, and I think it's really taken, effective. It,
2: oh, super effective because he's used that throughout his entire career you could tell from jaws like he's always kind of told you a piece of information then in the next act you see that actual thing it happens i think it does happen quite a bit in indiana jones when they're sort of describing the arc i think it sort of happens in et a little bit or you'll see like the kid's point of view and then you'll see it from the adult i think i could be very wrong about that but yeah you can tell spielberg has just gone well this shooting around thing really worked for me so i'm just going to keep doing it and so when you do see whether it's a dinosaur, or whether it's ET, or whether it's finally Indiana Jones, it makes that much bigger impact because the yeah. well, the man is amazing at silhouette. The, my, my favorite, actually, just going back when you could sort of see Sam Neil with the with the claw with a dick and then when you do finally see the raptors heading into the kitchen, you just these shots of these claws tapping the yeah,
3: tap tapping, that claw tapping yeah. the floor, and you're like, I oh, that. I know
2: what that thing can do. I know what that thing can do. That, that's not good. <laughs> that's really yeah, not good. Yeah, and you also get the um, sense
3: like they're communicating with each other through the tapping of the yes. claws and stuff.
2: The sound design is so good. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that a lot. <laughs> yeah, and and
3: you know I know Jurassic Park gets a lot of, or three Jurassic Park three gets a lot of shit for the for the raptor being able to make the the call and stuff.
2: Ellen makes a call in this movie too. <laughs> in this movie, yes. <laughs> no, they make does. the same
3: sounds in this movie.
1: No, they yeah. do.
2: I was kind of thinking about this actually yesterday. Like, I actually do like Jurassic Park 3 a lot, but I think even. I do too.
3: It's my second favorite.
2: Sorry. Yeah, I saw really, it in really the good. theater
3: and had a great time. Yeah, yeah,
2: but I think. Because I can't remember who directed Jaws to, but the only thing wrong with that movie is because he's not Steven Spielberg, and that is not a fair thing to put on Joe Johnston. Yes, Joe Johnston is very influenced by Spielberg, but he's not Spielberg. And I think that criticism gets lumped on people who keep trying to make sequels after a, a, a steven spielberg movie it's like this movie sucks because you you are not spielberg i'm like not yeah. many people are not many who, is? People are that, who is he's a very specific talented director and you're not going to be able to do the same movie so why are we criticizing um, yeah and i love the fact that in the dream sequ- sequence that call turns into alan <laughs> the end because yeah they do i love that bark that they do and the little ticks they do to communicate with each other it makes them more scary than just a dinosaur that roars i don't know what it is but these sounds that come out of them are just oh shit this is a different because
1: because you can tell that they're smarter yes Yes. that makes them and scarier
3: the, yeah and you have another another genius you know another one of the best in the business ben burt doing the sound design on this oh yes, no, you know who had done star wars and all and indiana yeah. jones and all that stuff too so the guy that invented the sound of the lightsaber and darth vader's breathing mm-hmm. is saying okay what does a t-rex sound like so they took like a lion and a bear and a baby elephant and they mixed it yeah. together and you know, the, that high-pitched sound that pierces yeah. through the T-Rex's yeah. roar is just like, that's it just makes it. And I don't think that was necessarily something that other people would think of to do. And it's just incredible.
2: No, it's kind of, it reminds me a little of the Godzilla roar because it's so specific and yeah. it has that high-pitched.
1: <laughs> that's what I, I, I don't know if that's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's kind of... Uh, you did Sorry, I might have even gotten from that. I might have done that by Omosis. I apologize. <laughs> I do that a lot. But yeah, it kind of reminds me of that. It sounded exactly the same to me. Um, it sounded exactly same. I don't know if they used the same um, elements within the roar, but it's this really high pitched thing that goes through it. And you're like, oh shit, it wakes you up because it's not a usual. Yeah, there's a mixture of baritones within that roar that really thinks that that's the roar you want to get. Because as soon as Godzilla comes up into the picture, you want to hear that roar because it's so iconic Mm -hmm. it gives you goosebumps and the t-rex does the exact same thing and there's a reason why every single concept following jurassic world or park movie when the t-rex shows up you want to hear it scream and it's usually at the climax and it's usually a big deal when she shows up and it's all because of that that attack scene
3: i think you want the t-rex to be the hero too you do yeah yeah yeah, when you realize what assholes the velociraptors are yeah yes
2: (laughs) you want her to come in and she T Rex back. Yeah,
3: they even pull that kind of thing in in some of the new ones. I don't want to spoil oh, yeah. every single, nearly ones, every, but, every single movie. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. there's something you know where it's like the T Rex comes back, like Michael Myers, and and just, <laughs> <laughs> and wins. Right?
2: She just takes care of business. She always does. <laughs> yeah,
3: you know, he always yeah. does. But it's a hero moment for the T Rex because yeah. I mean, I think there's an acknowledgement in these that they're animals and yes. i like that about it, it they're not monsters they're yeah. animals just like predators that live now they just happen to be larger and have a, a different methodology of how okay. they hunt and it feels very real and it feels i know that there was a lot of consultation with paleontologists and the like on the film to get it right yeah. and you know some of the test footage you know like uh phil Tippett had the velociraptors uh you know, flicking their tongues and stuff like snakes and and lizards and oh, paleontologists right. paleontologists were like, "No, you got to take that out. That's not right." Um, yeah. And that's,
1: although they, I remember hearing that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I've,
2: seen, I've seen the footage of that. Yeah, I've also heard footage that they did try some test footage with what feathers would look like on the raptors. And even yeah. though paleontologists said, "Yeah, that's probably more accurate," the audiences went, "I don't like that." Because the whole idea of these yeah. more bird like creatures. Was still really new when this movie came really out. It was only knew. a theory that mm-hmm. was being fla- flo- floated. Now it's more, more of a common thing to go. Oh yeah, this is what they evolved into. But mainly because of yeah. uh, probably Jurassic Park help. But when you try and show a a feathered raptor, people just went, "What the hell is that? No, I want right. I want them lizards. They're lizards." <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> but they did um, in the new one. They and I think it's a I think it works. Frankly, they do have feathers on on the in, yes. the, in the new movie. Yeah, some um, of them do
2: have feathers. Yeah, yeah. not all of them, but some they do start introducing feathered yeah. ones. Yeah, it's really effective. Yeah. It's really cool. um No, I I, and I was like later-
3: I was right along yeah. for the ride with that too. I think partially yeah. because we have gotten used to Alan Grant's <laughs> talking about uh them. No, they're birds having more in common yeah. with birds than lizards. No, yeah, you're not going to look
2: that. at birds the same way again, are you? <laughs> it's um, <laughs> it's yeah it's it's kind of incredible but yeah i will say the world jurassic park world movies does like to frankenstein them a little too much um it does. yeah because the whole mm-hmm. yeah yeah the whole thesis with jurassic world is that people are bored of dinosaurs which i'm like oh, no they're not they're, they're freaking dinosaurs trying to make those things look old hat and stuff like that i was just like oh come on even though i appreciate that as much you know? more of just a disaster movie than anything else but they do keep trying to frankenstein these guys and i'm just like and then you keep bringing back the t rexes we know that there's a fundamental coolness about them. You don't need to try and make them crisp. She bigger, does not know what she is. Big, right? yeah. 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 They're always, why are they always bigger?
1: Yeah. I do love the Spinosaurus from part three though.
2: Yes, <laughs> there cool. is. Yeah. yeah. That, that is very there's cool. A, actually. You're like, Oh,
3: there's actually a line that Ellie says in the new movie. That's pretty cool. Where she says, remember the first time you saw a dinosaur. Remember just that feeling you got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's always there. Mm. And I, I so uh, kind of to your point, because I think you know, despite the giant locusts and stuff in that movie, <laughs> which I don't get, but hey, but but Laura that... Dern's <laughs> character is always kind of full of wonder, you know. She is. I mean, just the way she goes about everything, you know, just getting so fixated on that leaf that's not supposed to. This is millions of years old. This should be here, and you mm. know, then going through the pile of. One big pile of shit, and all That's the time, so,
0: <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, everything ev- the way she goes about everything is just with this maximum level of curiosity.
2: She was only 23, I still can't believe with the empathy that Ellie Sedler has. Yeah. Really? I probably I was 23, yeah, she was very young, wow. yeah, yeah. I
3: can't she, believe he, that because uh, I mean, she always. Uh, to me, Laura Dern has always sort of looked uh, sort of wise beyond her years, though. She has,
2: um,
0: yeah. Because
3: I, th- I know there was a little bit of discussion when the new movie came out. It's like, yeah, that between the relationship between Sam Neill and, and Laura Dern was hmm. so inappropriate because the age is so different. But it's like, yeah, the actors, but are the characters that different in age? I don't know that they are. To me, I don't feel it it it. when I watch the movie. It doesn't come across that way at all. It's part uh, of it's just because Laura Dern is so mature as a. She just comes across as mature.
2: Yeah, you don't think you don't notice how young she is. You just notice that she's Ellie Sedley. She knows what she's doing. She's curious about everything, even the dickhead child at the beginning. Everything around her, she's fascinated (laughs) by. Whereas Sam Neill's Alan Grant is only interested in one thing, and that's what he can dig up. It's not, he's not interested in right. kids, the world. He's He only cares about money because he's interested in how to get it so we can dig up more bones. Even at the beginning when the guys, they're digging up the amber. Um, he's like me, he's a digger. You're not going to get him out of Montana because right. he wants to be with his bones. So that relationship, I can totally believe happening because yeah. Alan Grant, Ellie would have had to come into his world and just literally slap him on the face and go, hey. And he would have gone, oh shit, a woman. And then it's Laura Dern. Oh, actually, Tangent. Michelle, have you ever seen Smooth Talk? It's got with Laura Dern. It's I mid-80s with Treat no. Williams. You will love it. Okay. You will absolutely <laughs> love it. It's a very tangent, very different movie, but um, it's, it's an amazing coming-of-age story. And Laura Dern looks like she's 25, and she's actually only, like, 17, I think, in the...
1: Is that on she would, Prime or something? I think I saw that on one of the streams. Might have been that. Actually. Yeah,
2: yeah. Give it a watch if you can. I'll I think you that up. Abs- okay. Yeah, I, th- I think you'll absolutely love it. we Will do. Yeah. It's it's a very dark m- movie, especially when it comes to sort of sex, but it is about a woman, a young woman who's trying to figure out if she's ready, if she's not, what is actually sex. Yeah. yeah. it's, and then you get Treat Williams as the big bad wolf. It's, whew. <laughs> It's, more um, Laura Dern is
1: never a bad thing though that's yeah. what yeah sorry that was I'm a la- Laura I'm Dern tangent
2: that, that, but smooth talk is is absolutely amazing and I love Ellie Sadler I mean the way she says when she's about to go out and to to go to the other compound and John Hammond's like no you shouldn't go she's like we can discuss sexism and survival when I get Luck. back yeah she's like you're just like you're an older man I am I can run you will be eaten in a second
1: <laughs> but like the way she can do but also the scene with the triceratops and the way that she's crying in that just like mm-hmm. saying like hey baby girl it's like uh oh, it's it's perfect that's exactly what that moment needed and she delivered it so well and like sam neil being so super cute with like oh. uh laying yeah. on the triceratops stomach like that's what i meant like that's what people want to see like they're being little kids in that scene you know like this is their dream come true and yes. steven spielberg was just so good at that and so many different things that's mm. one thing he just he absolutely nails in this movie and again like i said like it still kind of got to me a little bit that with the music and the the some of the way some of the shots are like it's like yeah this still works so well i'm still, still feeling well. like a kid again still feeling that wonder and that amazement
2: you really do you feel like a kid when you're yeah. watching it yeah
3: yeah. You know, speaking of the casting, I think this movie is also the leads are sort of cast a little bit like Jaws 2 or Jaws also because.
1: Jaws also or Jaws 2, yeah. Yeah.
3: Because they are, they're all people, they've been in things. We've seen them, but they are kind of on sort of a Richard Dreyfus, Roy Scheider kind of level. They're not, originally, Harrison Ford was going to be Dr. Grant. Hmm. And, That's a completely different movie, I think. Yeah,
2: I think it becomes all about Harrison Ford. Yeah,
3: Yeah. and and whereas in this, you've got, even though they're not together all the time like the guys on the boat in Jaws or or whatever, um, they're kind of off in their own sort of worlds here. I mean, Jeff Goldblum, The Fly, was probably his biggest movie before this. It would have been, yeah,
2: 1986, is that?
3: Yeah. Yeah,
2: a few other bits and pieces here and there, but nothing as big as The Fly, yeah.
3: Yeah, and so... It's it's sort of Ariana uh, Richards
1: was in Tremors.
3: The same. She was well, very, pretty, yeah. <laughs> very important movie. Sure. I a mean, Samuel, think, think about this. Like Samuel L. Jackson had a bit part in Goodfellas. That's the only thing I remember uh-huh. him in before this.
2: Oh, is, is he the next, guy and, coming to America or am I thinking of another movie?
3: Yeah, he is. Uh, he might. Yeah. yeah. He, okay. He is. So he had, he had these small parts and things, mm-hmm. but then this is, this is sort of that hang on to your butts. I mean, everyone remember him, remembers him for this. And then the next year he does Pulp Fiction, you know? So, it's just it's just kind of that kind of thing but you know sam neill had obviously done lots of stuff in mm. australia uh he had done the final conflict the yes yes third only <laughs> movie. that that was that was sort of like but the big like he's good that at was it. sort of like yeah. okay fair enough that was sort of like the biggest i guess i have um, a t-shirt of it yeah biggest movie he did in america at least mm. uh, but i mean he had done you know lots of yeah, you know, my brilliant career and various things like that, but this was sort of that movie where you just went, "Oh, I, I've seen him around, but check it out!" You know, this is his his starring turn, if if you will. So, oh,
2: it was such you do not believe how big a deal Jurassic Park was in in New Zealand. Um, because Sam Neill, right, I can uh, imagine. Actually, technically, Sam Neill was born in Scotland, but he moved over to New Zealand when he was three. So we've kind of. yeah. He's, he's a kiwi and he now still lives in his <laughs> little city living his best life yeah he's living his best life in queensland with his duck and his pig um, his
1: twitter is the best <laughs>
2: oh my god it it's so great it is <laughs> I love so good it. <laughs> oh my god i mean yeah a lot of america's got introduced to him in this movie if they had never seen like um dead car my brilliant career There was a few other things that right right yeah,
3: that's a good that's a good one yeah
2: new zealand is being told sam neill is in the latest spielberg blockbuster it was like Oh my God, he's made it. He's done it. He's in. He's been in American stuff before and he was always kind of like the boy who did good. But for him to actually be in this dinosaur movie, it was insane to watch because you're like, oh my God, a Kiwi... I'm watching him in an American kind of thing, which was a huge, huge deal. It was like when Jane Campion won an Oscar for best script for the piano and that if the fact that people were talking about that movie yep. was insane. And one of the reasons why we had to study it in high school. No teenager should be forced to see the friggin Harvey cartel with a, with a piano. That movie was doing a lot of awkward <laughs> sex stuff. <laughs> just like because uh, unfortunately r16 is kind of the main thing so when you're 16 you kind of mostly you can pretty much see at anything um huh. and so like yeah you watch the piano I'm like oh we're just watching this going we do oh we are so uncomfortable right now um, but yeah, it's, <laughs> um so it's just that kind of thing but yeah it was a big deal but then i kind of knew who Goldblum was but Nothing prepared mm-hmm. me for Dr. Ian Malcolm in that movie, but no, the casting is very similar to Jaws. It's got people who are just about to break. I think is probably the best way of saying mm-hmm. it. And then with some really established character actors. I was watching mm-hmm. this movie in my early 30s, and I kept forgetting Samuel L. Jackson was in this movie. Like right. exactly every single time I watch Goodfellas, I'm like, wait. Samuel L. Jackson's in this since? When? <laughs> it's just like, yep. Someone just put him in there when I wasn't looking, like after the fifth time I'd watched it. It's like, no, he's always been in Goodfellas. He was, that's the kind of actor he was <laughs> in the um, 80s and early 90s until Pulp Fiction yep. is that he was that guy. He was that guy. Mm-hmm. And it's so weird to see him. Now I've mean, he's got so much presence in things. I know who he is, but... Yeah, that's why I was like watching. Wait, Samuel Jackson's in Jurassic Park. Since when? <laughs> no, since always. And it's still weird to see his name in the credits.
1: <laughs> I am fascinated by the way that he can hold a cigarette that's like this big oh. in his mouth while he's talking in that <laughs> close-up shot. <laughs>
2: I don't think it leaves his mouth. I think the only time it leaves his Never. mouth is when the rector <laughs> finally kills him. Actually, no way. The dead body, you, you don't see his dead body. You only see his arm, but it's over there with a cigarette.
1: <laughs> it's kind of amazing.
2: That is a skill. That is an amazing skill. That and is it always amazing looks like skill. A, oh, Just constantly. He's always just, waiting
1: for it to fall out.
2: <laughs> yeah, me too. will go down to the start's burnt tree. Oh, that's going to burn you soon.
1: <laughs> right. What do you think of the most when you think of Jurassic Park go to your favorite sequences or character moments or anything like that
2: oh my god so many I think it's just these little moments the T. rex is the big one like that first time you see her really scream mm-hmm. when she's kind of cut through and she's walking between the cars bends down and just lets go classic yes uh, Newman's death I think is I still jump <laughs> when she the dapolosaurus I think it is gets a things out i'm like oh shit that ha-. even though i've seen this a million times and i know that's about to happen i think that death sequence is fantastic some of um ariana richard's lines of like i happen to be a vegetarian or it's a next nexus system i think is fantastic or it's a joey, system. Uh, but, i know this system. i know this when uh, joey i can't remember his name uh, did have the gas list up when the the they're climbing down from the tree and then the car goes back on and goes, and now we're back in the car. It's right. um, Jeff Goldblum kind of lying there with his chest open and you're just, it's, of course. I don't know.
0: It's
2: it's gross, but I was, I don't know. When you're watching that and you're 12 years old <laughs> and you're straight, you're like, I am feeling things. <laughs> um, um, that, that kind of sexuality should not be in Jurassic Park, but it is.
1: Goldblum can't help it.
2: Goldblum can't help it. He's Goldblum. Yeah, there's so many. I mean, the raptors, the whole thing of, you sure that, he, that raptor is stuck in the thing? Yes, as long as it doesn't know how to open doors. Next shot, open door. He's opening the door. Um, yeah. He's opening the door. Yeah, there's movies just filled with amazing mm-hmm. moments. Welcome to Jurassic Park. Or John Hammond talking about the flea circus as a kid, as his inspiration.
3: Yeah. I love that. Comparing I, love- I love that scene.
2: Back. Yeah. Lexi holding the jelly, and you just oh, it, it, when they see the food, and you just see um, Timmy just hold two cake knives and go right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you are holding again? That kind of thing of there's a dinosaur coming because you see something shake, and it's Lexi holding the the jelly, and it's shaking because she's seeing mm-hmm. a raptor behind Tim. Um, that, all that kind of stuff. This movie's filled with these brilliant moments that convey so much information, and it's, you know exactly what it is even the first time you're watching it. Oh. I know exactly what is happening in that moment. And it's 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 perfect.
1: I always kind of like the shot in the kitchen with the two raptors where one kind of snipes at another, the other yes! one, and the other one kind of goes like, like does the thing with his neck and like hisses at yeah. him. I, always, I love the way that the, the two of them like talk in those scenes. Another thing that I've always loved, um, Mr. DNA's voice, whoever the voice actor was for that, the way he says dinosaurs is... Amazing dinosaurs. Dinosaurs? (laughs) (laughs) Love it.
3: (laughs) Greg Burson is the voice of Mr. DNA. I don't know. Greg, you're awesome. (laughs) I love the way you say dinosaurs.
2: Just forever the way you say dinosaurs. (laughs) (laughs) That whole bit is amazing. I mean, John Hammond talking to himself on the screen is adorable. The way that as soon as you know, this whole thing's going to go wrong. As soon as uh, uh, Ellie Settler Alan Grant and Ma- Malcolm just get out of the seats to go into to visit where the eggs are. Because they're like, oh, yeah. we want to go to that. <gasps> oh. so- B.D. Wong. Just I love B.D. Wong. Wong. <laughs> the fact that he's the guy that holds this whole all six Jurassic almost. I don't think he's in three or in two. But he's the one that holds everything together. Uh-huh. Like and they keep bringing him back as a villain I, in, in, in the world. I don't I like love. that they've
1: I know, I don't like that they've made B.D. Wong a bad guy in the news. Oh,
2: we'll go I see three.
1: Go see three. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <In three,
3: laughs> he's, he's, he's redeemed. Yeah. He's redeemed. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. He's
1: redeemed. Uh, yeah. Big Love and Order SVU fan, uh, He's me too dr wong
2: i'm re-watching it at the moment and he's when he's fully in it like he's on the credits and i'm just like going ah oh, yes. <laughs> yes no this cast is goddamn incredible i mean even uh, uh, new, uh sorry he's still newman a child of seinfeld he, all his <laughs> scenes are fantastic he is such a disgusting asshole <laughs> and yeah the fact he's kind of blase about what he's doing because apparently he just does not get paid enough and he's messy. He's horrible. He's obviously not good with money. I don't think actually John Hammond's that great a boss just because he doesn't understand the minute science of it. He just expects people to, to do these amazing feats and we'll just do it. And if
1: he can run your whole park. Maybe treat him nicer. Treat him with maybe <laughs> yeah.
2: nicer a little bit though. I can understand why you're ahead enough of him. Just the way when he gets up, goes, Oh, I'm, right. I'm going to go to the, the, the vending machines. And you could just see Samuel Jackson Hammer just looking at him going, oh, fuck off. And like, I've been in both those situations. I've been the person that I know that I'm being awkward and they don't really, I'm not gelling with them and I'm talking too much. And I've also been the person over the other side of the room with other people just looking at someone else going, oh, can you just stop talking, please? No. <laughs> yeah. I've been in both the situations and it's heart wrenching in both places. I'm like, oh no, oh you've. If, if things had gone differently, you wouldn't have screwed them over. Actually, he just might have anyway. Uh-huh. But he's that kind of guy. But yeah,
1: no, he gets his funny moments. He gets, his, loved, yeah. yes. he gets his come
0: up. We got Dodson here. Does, it,
2: does it have nobody cares? Nobody cares. He's giggling and he puts the cream on the pie. Right. <laughs> a
1: line that i always kind of steal from jurassic park is from Goldblum, though uh, you know you kind of change it whatever your situation is but when he's like so eventually there will be dinosaurs on the near dinosaur tour right so yeah. i always yeah, like to, to use that in real life for different situations
2: and damon's face is just like i hate you so much right
1: now <laughs> i really hate that man <laughs> i
2: really hate that man it's great, but that happens in zoos like you can go to a zoo and want to see an animal, but if they're not interested in coming out, if they want to sleep, then that's what they're going to do. And yeah, you're right. This movie mm-hmm. does treat them as animals. These are not otherworldly creatures. These are just animals. Mm-hmm. Even the raptors, even though they are smart and know how to communicate and will eat you, but why wouldn't they see you as food? Yeah, that's kind of their hunters. <laughs> so they're going to look at you and go, oh, I'm not scared of man. These, these guys are easy to take. I'll just look at the, all these little ones that are engine. this is gonna be easy
1: right it helps you kind of start to take things a little bit more seriously too when all of the scientists well not all there's just three of them when they're they they should be the ones that are like so excited about this place and yeah let's do it let's have real dinosaurs but no they have their sense of wonder and then when it really comes down to like what do you think of this place you know and they have that dinner scene mm. they're all like Uh, this is probably a bad idea because we have no idea what to expect when you brought dinosaurs and and man together and so uh, it's very good that they still see them as animals and show that kind of respect and i I do like that line when uh, lexi asks something about the she says she hates the other kind of dinosaurs like the mean you know carnivores and samuel just says you know well they're just doing what they do you know because that i mean that's the truth that's what that's good thing to to teach kids i mean like yeah i mean they're scary but i mean they're also they can't help it that's the way that they they hunt and live and survive in their world the the reality of the movie is very well represented you know but not not no, getting too caught up in the awe of the, the flea circus of it uh, you know
2: yes no it's it's this movie's always been about science versus nature and how science has never mm-hmm. no matter how much you like the flea circus you can pretend that something's there and you can pretend that you have control over it but it's you're never going to fully control nature nature's going to do what nature's going to yep. do so you could bring yep. back a dinosaur you could bring back a T-Rex. Yeah, bring it back. A ra- even when they go, yeah, we brought back raptors. I didn't know what a raptor was, but that did not sound like a good idea. They are going to do what they're going to do. And you think you may have control over nature. You, I mean, that's kind of the premise of every almost all the big disaster movies of the 70s is that, yeah, we can build the biggest tower. Oh, wait, there's a fire. Mm-hmm. Okay, now what do we do? Okay, we're on a boat. Mm-hmm. What happens if it flips over on water because there's massive storms? You can't control that. There are certain elements in the world that you're never going to be able to control. So you just have to survive it the best that you can. Because they are not looking at you knowing that you are a human being and can do all these wonderful things. They're just looking at you going, I just ate a goat and I'm still hungry and you're moving. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna eat you. Yeah. Because that's what I that's what I do. And that's what I loved about it. It's kind of, I love, I do love disaster movies. I mean, I love Titanic. It does the Mm -hmm. same thing. When your boat hits an iceberg, it's going down. There's no other way to get around it or the Terra Inferno or the Poseidon Adventure um, or Earthquake. Nature is bigger than us. And if we keep thinking we can control something, it's going to turn around and go, no, you can't because it is bigger than us. It is, not true, the dinosaurs are literally bigger and you can't necessarily always keep that kind of power in fences because something's going to go wrong even if it was not a on-purpose effort it is going to be a fault somewhere humans are very very valuable creatures and you cannot keep a t-rex in a cage for too long before she gets out or before the raptors actually figure out a way to find the weakness in in their cages Mm -hmm. yeah i've always loved that about that it is Technology versus nature and technology will always lose. It's not yep. a foolproof thing. So, yeah, that is always what I've yeah. taken for a dressing park. Park.
1: Yeah. Reminds me of something yeah. from Angel. And they are talking about who'd win in a fight, cavemen or astronauts? Uh, cavemen. Yeah. <laughs> cavemen always Big win. Science, <laughs> science can't always beat everything.
2: Yeah, that is pretty much 2001, isn't it? It's like we are all essentially mm-hmm. cavemen. And the amount of technology we have, we're always going to go back to the beginning almost, isn't it? That's Well, that was my reading
3: of last time i watched 2001 so yeah well with with that one the the cut that is millions of 10 million years or whatever between him throwing the bone that he used to yes. kill someone up in the air and then the next shot is it is it's a like a orbiting nuclear platform yes. it's basically saying yes we've only made better bones yes that's all we've been able to do we have not evolved in any other significant way in these millions of years we've just figured out how to make a better bone to kill someone else with yeah pretty and much. Uh, Michelle yeah. hasn't seen that movie and she gives I me a hard time movie. about it yeah she's like I'm not gonna watch that movie and you're not gonna make me Brian yeah that's what she keeps yes saying. you
1: are I know you're going to make me eventually <laughs> he will and
2: it's I fine. don't blame you for not look I'm mm, 2000 me and Kubrick, uh, me and 2001 don't always get along um because I'm like oh yes Kubrick, I know. yes you're a very smart man I am aware how smart you are stop being so smart I am aware you're talking about concepts that are going over my head. Stop it. And doing it very effortlessly. And yeah, no, it's an impressive movie when you're watching it and you realize, at least just on the technical special effect level, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, you're doing, you're doing great. But that's just me. And I understand because that, it is a masterpiece Yes.
3: <laughs> I actually, <laughs> I truly love that movie and enjoy watching that movie, but I'm weird apparently because every, everyone oh. i talk to is like oh geez i can't stand that movie it's such a chore to watch I'm like i thought it was fun okay. <laughs> <Anyway>. I, will,
2: <laughs> I enjoyed watching solaris so i don't mm-hmm. i'm even weird like which is the movie that Turchovsky made because he hated 2001 so much so he made a slower right. movie <laughs> he, made a, he
3: made one that was slower yeah
2: Yeah, he made one that was actually slower, and I don't think that is... I recently watched um, uh, the Vim Vendors movie, Kings of the Road, which is like a three-hour movie of just two guys traveling around. You can't get a slower movie, and I'm sitting there going, this is a must. I love everything about this movie. Nothing's happening. (laughs) A lot of things are happening, but it's more what it says, not what they're actually doing kind of thing. But but yeah, unlike Jurassic Park, where... Jurassic Park doesn't have
3: yeah it's it is lean and mean and it doesn't have an extraneous moment in it Um, no there is no when
2: people are looking into the distance you're looking at dinosaurs so there's always something that you're looking at it's an extraordinary movie and it's pure chaos which is why I love the fact which I know is from definitely from the book that Alan Grant is a chaos scientist or mathematician and I love the fact that this chaotician. movie is ultimately a chaotician. He's he's you know, purely himself, yeah. Not, Malcolm, yeah. Ian
3: Malcolm, not yeah, not not
2: good. No, oh God, what a, <laughs> trust me. Trust me to do that. Ian <laughs> Malcolm, because this movie is about pure chaos and you just kinda have Life, to Malcolm um,
3: finds a way. <laughs>
2: And life finds a way.
3: The yeah. way that Goldblum delivers lines in this movie are—it's just like must go faster. No one, no one else could um, do that like he does. You know, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just kind of the way. Are you, you trying to yeah, do it? Well, well it's it, there's there's some of the lines that that he he'll do almost like this William Shatner pause. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and then he'll go on completing his thought. Is dinosaurs this? uh had their <laughs> and nature selected them for extinction
2: so it wasn't deforestation no it's is this the first time he went full gold bloom in a movie or is i'm that was he building that it's I even more than drops.
3: in the fly it's yeah, yeah it's even more than in the fly
2: yeah he's eccentric in the fly but he's not gold full gold bloom and it feels like in the 90s he goes full gold bloom i mean if you
3: yeah and, this, in this and day, independence going day back. yeah yeah, yeah.
2: even repeats the line must go faster which i giggle at every single time <laughs> it's <laughs> <know, that's laughs> like oh <laughs> i see what you did there <laughs> but um no everyone is great in this movie this movie's great this movie says a lot It, yeah as brian said you can tell that it's been prep, and universal could afford to have the best of the best working on this movie not just spielberg it is the the creatives the, the dean cundy um stan wilson um phil tippett it is john williams this well, joe williams did actually do the score for Jules as well but it is so much people at the top of their game doing really difficult things and making it look easy and mm-hmm. that is an insane insane feat. Absolutely.
3: and they made a
1: perfect movie pretty much
2: they made a perfect movie yeah yeah
3: One that still holds up. I mean, you just don't see the seams in it like you do in a lot of early 90s special effects films. Yeah,
2: even up to the early 2000s. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. kind of incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I
1: have a question for you, Lindsay, because I wasn't sure if you had seen uh, Dominion yet. So how would you rank the Jurassic Park, Jurassic World movies? Like your favorites?
2: Oh! oh, Favorite to favorite. Okay, I'm going to go for the originals. It's one, two, three. They're my top three is the one, two, three. Um, and I love Jurassic Park 3. I think it's fun. I just think there are two sequences in the... Actually, no, three, because I like when the T-Rex goes to San Diego. It was San Francisco. One of the on the West Coast. Um, him by the drive-in. Diego, and
0: just, yeah, 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 yeah you go. And
2: he's him with the doghouse hanging out of his mouth, head of her mouth. <laughs> there, there are two sequences in Lost World. The double T-Rex attack and there's little guys in the grass and they're leaping and you have to get like a mm-hmm, hundred mm-hmm. to kill you but that scene i've seen copied so many times i love three but those sequences and two are just pure spielberg i have a really even though i think it's the dumbest of then my number four is going to be fallen kingdom um i okay. think that movie's dumb but it's dinosaurs in a in a haunted house <laughs> so- i
1: know i loves that i'm sorry <laughs> i had fun with it <laughs>
2: I had a lot of fun with it. I realized that ending and I realized how kind of... Yeah, the movie's dumb. But I love Ted Levine getting eaten by... I think it's a T-Rex. Or no, something else. One of those kind of T-Rex-esque dinosaurs because he could not not take one remember. of her teeth out. Then it's uh, Jurassic World. And last is Dominion only because I think it goes to Frankenstein with it. I think they go over the top with the whole science of making things. And even though I think the villain is hilarious I don't think it's intentionally hilarious or what's his name who plays a villain in, in Jurassic Park Dominion but there are some really cool dinosaur moments the one with the feathers mm-hmm. um Chris Pratt being having to have a man, now has a magical power of stopping any dinosaur with just his hands
3: just he holding his hand up in the air. yeah yeah <laughs>
2: he just you, but it, you it's not like a nitpicking because because he does it so much every dinosaur he comes across hands up I'm like that dinosaur is not blue that dinosaur does not know what that means and you're gonna get your arm bitten off very right. quickly i don't understand <laughs> yeah. why you think this is a good idea
3: but then alan and grant does it too he does in that movie because <laughs> <It actually laughs> <does>. so <laughs> he's like oh i'm gonna do it too
2: apparently the hand up stops any dinosaur coming towards you it's i don't know what that thing is but it's it gets repeated so often that yeah alan grant starts to do it but no i had fun but i think the promise of what fallen kingdom and yeah one of my favorite sequences of the year is still dominion there's actually two because you're meant to be living in a world we have we're living in a world with actual dinosaurs now what is that going to look like and there's yeah. this amazing scene i wish scene they had
3: this, done more with that
2: yeah but the scene with the brachiosaurus in the lumberyard of them just mm-hmm. in the flare so they, they can that. walk out so the guys can go back to work and you're just seeing this graceful brachiosaurus all these uh, walk out following this flare is a, such a gorgeous moment i kind of wish i had more of that what would it yeah. actually be like to have to live in a society where there are now dinosaurs, even if most of them are now kind of put away into a, a reserve, but you're still going to have the flying creatures. You're still going to have dinosaurs out in, in, in the wild. And what does that actually look like? Um, and the movie doesn't go to, doesn't go into that. It decides to do a wet locust thing. But that is the movie that we got. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um no that that's my ranking um yes i like i do realize i like fallen kingdom way more than i should do but i like it i have fun what about you guys where do you think your rankings sort of sit i know but you haven't seen dominion yet michelle so
1: yeah i'd have to leave yeah. that one off. but i would say one three is my second favorite and then probably jurassic world and then the lost world and then fallen kingdom that's that's my ranking
3: my rankings the same with dominion tacked down to the bottom to be honest
1: yeah um, same as mine
3: yeah same as yours that's, exactly that's actually. why
1: we're best friends right well <laughs> exactly.
3: I, I honestly the only one i've seen all the way through more than once is Jurassic park uh all the other ones have like been it. uh no really? i no, that's not true i've seen i've seen lost world twice because my son was i guess i've seen three as well but my son was really into them for a while there and so he wanted to watch them all so i said okay let's watch them all okay here's my issue with lost world i went and saw it in the theater i had just gotten home from like a camp or something like that i was wiped out i was so tired i fell asleep on it in the theater and i never really bothered to rewatch it (laughs) my my only problem with the lost world is that it feels like it's a lot it's some really great sequences that don't really entirely fit together
2: that's true oh i would agree with
3: that it doesn't cohere the way because i mean it's got just wonderful set pieces like you know, mm. the, the glass with the, the yeah, trailer glass. hanging over the cliff Gingles and the glass. Just, and yeah. yeah, that's brilliant. Of course, you know, just I mean, because Spielberg knows how to do those sequences and knows how mm. to do them so well. And, you know, like the, the grass sequence where you can see the the trails of the raptors coming yeah. in and, and yeah. things, all that is great i just don't think that the movie as a whole makes any sense it's, no, it's, kind it's, of, it's, it's trying
1: to do a lot of different things at once yeah yeah, it's, no, it, it's, yeah. Trying, it's going on different story directions
3: i think yes. I, I think and i like three because it's such it's just a romp it's just it's there's fun, nothing yeah. there's on nothing on to island, think yeah. about with that movie it's like they're on the they're on the same island as the lost world and they're just trying to get out of it and it's just that's all and there's a bigger yeah. dinosaur than the T-Rex and oh my gosh it killed the T-Rex, T-Rex. this thing is T-Rex really is bad and then the velociraptors start singing and it's it's just fun and the thing is the promise of the ending of that movie of the when you have the pterodactyls flying towards mm-hmm. the mainland i was yes. like when they did Jurassic World i was like oh they're going to have dinosaurs on the mainland right right no, no, you know, and and I thought I was so disappointed by that they by the fact that that was has never really been done. Even in Dominion, it's not really done, and that's and what I found so frustrating about that movie.
2: It really is because I keep promising yeah. we're going to get dinosaurs on the mainland. What does this actually mean? Yeah. Like, what yeah. I love, I think, to uh, the reason why I like to, even though I fully admit it has like a girl taking on a raptor with gymnastics, which. <laughs> and, if it, if it gets, and, and it starts the great jurassic ju- tradition of having characters making really dumb decisions i mean julian moore taking in the baby t-rex what? and
0: right.
2: yeah and all these kind of things which kind of carry through the rest of kind of the rest of the movies especially the world trilogy yeah. decisions characters make yeah. in that movie i mean i'm have a very high tolerance because i'm usually like oh no i would be the person that would be making like in Alien Covenant, I would be the person slipping over blood. I would be the person that would let the Xenomorph in or do something and everything go and everything blows up. And it would that would be me. That's what I would do. So I'm usually fine. But when you're dealing with actual animals, the decisions that they actually made for whether for greed, whether for just for whatever, I'm just going. The Jurassic series has a very has a very not it's not a problem, but they often will have characters just making dumb decisions um jurassic world you see it with the whole we've got to make them bigger and it's like it's kind of being told yeah no this creature is smart this creature knows how to open a door this knows how to do this this and this and you're not even thinking oh but you're using even in jurassic park when you realize they're using oh what's the type of animal that can switch sexes um and frog frog yeah, they use frog yeah. to, to kind of fill in some of the DNA gaps. Oh, but you're not gonna think that might actually have an impact on the dinosaurs to be able to breed on their own. Yeah, there's just these full of kind of weird decisions that even though you're looking at them going, That wasn't a good idea. Why did you go in over there? You knew that there was something <laughs> over there. Um, don't walk into a jungle with you know there are dinosaurs. But yeah, the they've always promised what the world could look like with dinosaurs living in them. And it never completely fulfills that promise. But for New World, I do love the fact that you really see Steven Spielberg going, okay, I like King Kong and I like um, Godzilla.
3: Yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah. Gonna I, it's not going to make sense to
2: what's actually happening, but you see those elements way more than the mm-hmm. Godzilla reference in um, the original Jurassic Park. But in that is what those movies are in, in Lost World. He goes, okay, if I have to make another Jurassic Park movie, which I don't think he particularly wanted to, I think he wanted to make more movies like Schindler's List, which he ended up doing. I'm going to make references to movies I like. Yeah, I like King Kong. I like Godzilla. It's more of a monster movie than Jurassic Park is.
3: Yeah, I like so, and I don't like, actively hate very many movies, and I don't actively hate any of the Jurassic Park, Jurassic oh, World no. movies. I, I, I think I, they go on a scale from love to I have a good time.
2: Yeah, I, pretty much. Yeah. I really hated World when it came out. I was really upset with World. I remember going to see yeah. it and being yeah. so angry. Yeah, no, just the way they used the John Williams school, which I get now why he's trying to do it, because he's trying to make it, Jurassic Park is this way too commercial element that they don't realize the consequences of what they're doing because they're making too much money. So the first time you hear that Williams score, you're looking at a hotel and I'm just sitting there going, yep. it's meant to be wonder, <laughs> <laughs> just this whole woman getting grumpy at the fact that they are not treating the um William school with the respect that I think it deserves but it's actually by the end (laughs) by the end you're getting that but by the beginning I'm like what are they doing (laughs) this is not Jurassic Park but now I've actually come to enjoy the fact that yeah this is a disaster movie and it is it knows exactly what it is and it's playing accordingly but yeah that it took me a bit to warm up to it yeah I was angry I don't usually get angry at movies <laughs> even movies I don't enjoy I can go well they were doing a thing I didn't like it but
0: mm-hmm. yeah
2: that first screening of Jurassic World I was furious <laughs> <laughs> I was so up my own ass on that one but um yeah
1: <laughs> but you like it now cool I do now.
2: I can I, I can okay. I can watch it now and have a lot of fun and I will constantly quote that she does <laughs> know she does not know what she is <laughs> <laughs> i love
3: that line <laughs> yeah i probably owe all of them an, another rewatch. it's fun um, i've seen mm. i've seen jurassic park many many times i saw mm. it in the theater i think three times
2: i think i saw it twice yeah i can't remember if i did or not
3: one one was I one been was eight. very memorable because yeah. i was with a girlfriend i was 15 16 at the time
2: <laughs> i was 12 i was still going to movies a lot but i couldn't go as often as i wanted because i still needed a ride so I, um was when I was a little bit older, when I was allowed to catch the bus on my own, that I could go and watch okay. Titanic six times and Romeo and Juliet like five times. Um, but when I was 12, I still needed my parents to take me to the movie theater. And they would leave me on my own, but they um, sometimes I just couldn't get <laughs> that lift.
1: <laughs> I collect all of my movie ticket stubs from the theater. And the oh, so oldest cool. one that I have is the oldest one I have is from The Lost World.
3: Oh. and so i remember cool.
1: when i went to go see that that i was sitting in the very front row which i hate to do in movies because mm-hmm. that's like way too close for me but it was packed you know because it was the lost world and yeah i remember that experience of watching it that way like
2: looking all the way up at
0: it right <laughs> it was
1: awful yeah. i had fun with the
3: movie
2: no i had that experience with uh dark Knight rises brian's got a
1: cool jurassic park story that he didn't bring up. yeah
3: Yeah, so over spring break, I went to Jurassic Park, the ranch on Oahu, Hawaii, where they filmed it. Oh, wow. We didn't actually go on the Jurassic Park tour. We actually went on just a tour of the ranch itself, you know, the the woods around it. But there there's some things that they filmed in there, too, Mm. and you could overlook the valley where it was filmed. Mm. And I have pictures of the volcano that, erupts in Fallen Kingdom because we were up on the top of this ridge and you could see it yeah. right there. And But yeah, that was pretty cool. So it's where they filmed the f- original Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, and Fallen Kingdom. The other ones were all filmed elsewhere. It was pretty neat. So it cool. was pretty cool. <laughs> they actually still had some of the sets up from Fallen Kingdom, I want to say. Oh, nice. Um, th- they're deteriorating. They don't keep them up they just let him rot but that one probably will stand for a while because there were parts of it that were actually made out of concrete but uh other parts of it are just you know wood and foam but it was pretty cool
1: you sent me pictures and they, like totally recognized the islands i was like yeah that's yeah. absolutely Aww. from just so cool <laughs> yeah. that is so yeah, cool it's, it's just not beautiful like,
2: yeah it's not like um hopperton where the poor farmer who let them film the original Hobbiton from uh, fellowship <laughs> of the ring because um, where my right. parents live, which I actually currently am at the moment, they I've always grew up about um, an hour, 45 minutes away from where Hobbiton is in a place called Matter Matter. Sure. They filmed the fair, they f- wrapped up the three movies, and then all of a sudden people kept going on to his farm to see the remnants, which there wasn't anything because they'd taken them all down. So there's just this like some concrete, some sure. little styrofoam kind of things left, these holes that they'd built these this Hobbiton. So they had to go back and actually rebuild Hobbiton. And now you can go and visit as a tourist attraction. But yeah, so it's not the Hawaii doesn't sound like it, exactly like they had to go back and actually rebuild <laughs> a lot of the Yeah, sets. I'm, I'm
3: looking, uh-huh. I'm looking through some of the pictures here. Okay. So it's Kualoa and the films that they've done there, there are so many, I mean, they're going back mm-hmm. to the 60s, uh, the fifties, actually some of them like Karate Kid part two was filmed there. Oh, wow. Uh, wind talkers tears of the sun i'm just sort yeah. of naming off ones that i see here godzilla 2000 uh mighty nice. joe young the remake um oh, soul yeah, surfer that makes sense. <laughs> george of the jungle yumi yeah. and dupree 50 50 first states uh a very brady yeah. sequel along came yeah. Polly, um Kong <laughs> yeah. skull island oh uh, yeah
0: yeah, yeah Love that jumanji,
3: movie. the new jumanji um, yeah, those mm. were all filmed there. Then there were like a bunch of music videos and television series, and some of like Magnum PI, Hawaii mm. Five O, the new Hawaii Five O, um, mm. all kinds of things. Oh, the old, the original Hawaii Five O was filmed there too. Oh uh, wow! Episode of ER, I guess Lost. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say
2: that would have been yeah.
3: Yeah, we actually went to where they had the camp for most of Lost. Uh, we, yeah. we hung out there for a while. And there's also the, in Jurassic World, the part where they're feeding the shark to the big... Mosasaurus? Yeah. yeah. That is uh, actually like this shallow fishing pond that's out there. That most of it's CGI, but it's... It, yeah. The, the background plate for it was filmed on this... Oh, cool. But oh, that's so cool. Uh, fishing pond out there. So, yeah. No, it looks like it a, was, such a beautiful was, place. Yeah, and it's it sort of has this exotic sense to it, like you're in some far isolated island, but you're not that far. You're on the north shore of Hawaii, of, of Oahu. Um, yeah. So it's it's pretty cool.
2: It makes sense that be sort of one sort of more location where they're filming all that. Because I always wondered where there's. Because every time you watch something that is kind of filmed in Hawaii, you're like, oh, that'd be so cool to go there. i Wonder what part of Hawaii it is. And now it's like, oh, it's one place. That makes it so easy when I get to finally go there.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <And> go. <laughs> There it is. The Lost World was filmed on Kauai, so it's a little bit more, I guess, remote.
2: Yeah, which would make sense for Um, The Lost World and and also if they're... I don't know where three was filmed,
3: but... I think it was two. So anyway, that's my Jurassic Park experience.
2: So you okay. didn't run into Pretty any sure. Velociraptors where you were there just hang out? They in there, in there. actually
3: had some plastic ones set up out ah! there. <laughs> 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 so on the set for the Jurassic World, they had a couple of raptors out there. And you could go stand oh, uh... in some of the paddock cages and stuff. Yeah.
2: Oh, that is
1: so cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, so anything... Yeah else you want
2: to say about Jurassic Park that we didn't get into no I think that was it I think I've gone through everything I didn't actually write notes for this one just because I've seen this movie I so many either. times yeah I didn't like, hi this is the one movie I don't need to write notes for because I, I I've seen this mm-hmm. so many times it'd be this it would be this and Wayne's World 2 to be honest are the two movies I've seen um <laughs> the most I wish the other movie was a better That's movie brilliant. um <laughs> but they will always I love love Wayne's wow. world too. I, I
3: think it's too. fun. I, the first one is my jam entirely, but I like the
2: Oh, the second one is like, oh, I beat him to death with his own shoe. But that's another story. Another story
3: <laughs> Love that guy. <laughs> Go to anyway, England. Yes.
2: Um, yeah. So, yeah, those two movies. So, those are the two movies I don't really need to, to have any notes for. But no, I think Jurassic Park in a lot of ways is just a miracle of a movie. And you can see just, it's what Spielberg did best in 93. Of course, he made another friggin' masterpiece as well. But you can kind of see, oh, this is what I do well. This is what they want from me. I'll do the best job I can do. And then I can Mm -hmm. maybe try and get better at this other thing I'm trying to do, which he just did. Didn't take him that many too long Mm a goes at it. It took him about three or four movies, and then it's like, hello, Schindler's List. And I think it's a special movie that is so easily to rewatch, even though it's so recognisable because... You look up Jurassic Park and even gifts and photos and moments. The same ones keep coming up, but they come up for a reason. Alan Grant taking his sunglasses off is the Mm -hmm. most amazing way Mm -hmm. because he doesn't—he's so in shock he doesn't know how to take them off, so he's just trying to rip them off his face. And it's yeah, no, there's a reason why this movie is a classic. Keeps enticing new generations. It's kind of that kind of perfect movie, and they don't come around that often. Where you can show your kids. People you don't know are still going to find something that they like in this movie that kind of transcends the time that it was made. And it, it, that does not happen very often. There's a few, but yeah. True. <laughs> I like that. Yeah.
3: Absolutely. Oh, there's one more thing that I wanted to mention about mm-hmm. this movie. Someone pointed this out on Twitter and I was like, duh. Mm-hmm. Um, The part where they're in the helicopter and Alan Grant has the two female ends of the... Oh Oh, shit! I didn't even notice! Yes! Of the seatbelt, and he ties them together? It's like.
2: Life finds a way.
3: Foreshadowing. (laughs) Life found a way to get his seatbelt on, even though he had the two female.
2: I did not even notice that. (laughs) That Oh my god. This movie is genius.
3: When I saw that on Twitter, I was like oh my gosh huh. that's, that's huh. I just thought I always thought that was just a funny moment but now it's oh, like he, oh my gosh
2: yeah. I love this movie more because <laughs> life does that's find kind a way that's <laughs> kind <laughs> of genius <laughs> Bill, Bill
1: was that, that wasn't the intention learned. at all yeah that's still pretty genius to was, recognize yeah. that
3: yeah Yeah. So the,
2: the script is anyway. just tied us back to the future <laughs>
3: It is. It is. I think so. So we usually do recommendations at, at the end of our show. And Now, Michelle and I each wanted to go ahead and we'll give our favorite Spielberg movie. But for Lindsay, it's pretty clear that your favorite Spielberg movie is Jurassic Park. And,
0: yes, And you is. do a
3: double feature show. Yes. And Oz, a great double feature show that pairs movies that are kind of mind-blowing. So do you have yeah. a movie that you think would be just this great double to go with Jurassic park?
2: There's a couple of aspects you could go with it because one, you've got the um, jungle aspect. Cause I know on shock and Or, I have actually done an episode on Jurassic park with Anaconda, which I does do think is actually a brilliant shock and all, just because you have John Voight doing this made up nationality accent. You could go the mad scientist route because that movie is essentially about mad scientists because it is all about kind of creating things I shouldn't have. But you could also go the amusement park because that is what Jurassic Park is. So I am actually going to choose, I'm going to choose a slasher before you'd watch a slasher. Then you'd go onto the gloriousness that is Jurassic Park. But I'm going to go Hellfest from
3: 2018.
2: Oh, um, nice. Yeah, that but they fine. actually yeah, go yeah. to a, yeah, they go to a fright night. Which I don't think I could handle. People touching me, I'd be like, mm, no, I, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no. Yeah. In fact, because I, I scare easy. Like it says the horror fan. Um, I scare really easy, so I would not enjoy that at all. But uh, um, I think watching Hellfest would be really fun, and then you just go into this really tight, dirty little slasher with actually some really good characters, and then you go on to or to Dress Up Park would be really, really fun. But there's a few ways you could do it.
3: That's cool. I like that. Mm. Yeah, that's a great one. Okay, Michelle it's decision time uh <laughs> wh- what is it what's your what's your favorite spielberg movie
1: this has been in the back of my mind the whole time we've been talking I'm like which one am i gonna pick at the end okay my first instinct was to go with jaws but i think the real answer is probably raiders of the Lost Ark because I- i've watched that so much as a kid I- i've grown up with that movie so much more than jaws and i still absolutely love it and it still is the one movie that absolutely traumatized me (laughs) when I was a kid because of the face melting. So I mean, yeah, we always had just movies taped off of TV, but when we were recording Raiders of the Lost Ark, we ran out of tape, and so the movie always ended way before the whole opening of the Ark <laughs> sequence. So I only saw it the once, but I mean that was enough for me to remember it. And then the rest of the times that I watched Raiders when I was growing up, um, it always kind of ended when Marion and Indy are saying goodbye to Sala, like before they even get on the big ship or whatever. Like none of that. I don't uh-huh. I didn't have any of that for the longest time
3: but yes it, i love that I part think- where marion kisses him and the yeah, horn of the honestly, ship goes off i love that yeah, uh,
1: marion's uh,
2: <laughs> um yeah i was talking to someone going as soon as i see uh, john reese davis i think asala i'm I, that's all i can do i'm like well i yeah, to t- for me to be get Bad my passport date. i have to think i have to go for him as gimli but oh god that marion's introduction when she's drinking all those guys under the table is one of mm-hmm. the greatest
0: yeah.
2: things of all, yeah. all time yeah. I, I love that so much right of the lost ark is a perfect movie it's one of those other ones i mean the first shot you see of indy him sort of rising up and just giving that an amazing hero shot you're like oh okay this is amazing well it's hard to help fault any spielberg favorite unless someone really loves the terminal but even then i kind of like that
3: movie um <laughs> i it's... like the terminal i thought that movie was pretty
2: good <laughs> i
1: never saw that one
2: I, I don't know well i love elvis but tom whenever tom hanks does an accent i get very um <laughs> about it i am some call me the villain <laughs> um yeah no it's it's a perfect movie i actually always grew up with temple of dome that was the one they always played really? on tv um so very the very only angry. one we had
1: was raiders
2: yeah, we had it was always Temple. It was very special when you got Raiders, but it was always Temple, always Temple. But so good that movie when he's punching the guy. Oh my god, off the of the plane. Oh,
1: <laughs> the spiders on the I back always. Raiders. still. Like, oh
2: my god,
3: <laughs> I'm sure Brian loves what? that part. My Kinder Trauma moment is the snake coming out of the skeleton's mouth. Oh, when the she smell would, mouth. You know,
2: yeah. I hate snakes. The well
3: of the souls. Yeah,
2: I love the final shot in that movie when you see the the, the room with all the crates.
3: This is one of the great endings, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so for All me, right. uh, serious. Um, my my top it's three yours. are yeah. pretty close. They've already been mentioned. My number three is Jaws. My number two is Raiders of the Lost Ark. But my number one is, it's a sentimental choice, I'll admit, but E.T. And the, the thing is, uh, at different times in life, my favorites have been different ones. I don't know, something about E.T. I mean, that was the first movie that I remember crying at. Um, me too. It's one of...
0: Me too, I think. It's,
3: yeah. Yeah. It's one of the... My dad and I have seen just four movies together, uh, just the two of us. Mm-hmm. And E.T. is the first one. Ah. And yeah. so uh, so there's 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 that. It's also, I think, probably the first movie that scared me. Because the first time you see him in the cornfield, it made me jump and it was, it was kind of scary. And there, there were things like that happening and also seeing him down in the river, you know, then he's like pasty white down in the river Mm. and he's on his face and stuff. Those things, it's just, just the effectiveness, but as I've gotten older, just the perspective of the child, um, what the movie has to say, it's very personal filmmaking. That's Spielberg telling his story because, I mean, it's, a, it's very much a movie about a child of divorce, which I'm not. Uh, I don't have that experience, but it just moves me so deeply. And, and the relationship between the siblings, I think, is just mm-hmm. really very authentic feeling.
2: D. Wallace is incredible. I mean, you can see D. Wallace
3: her, is fantastic, yeah.
2: You can see her trying to cope with being broken up from her, from her husband. It's because, yeah, divorce is never clean. hates Mexico. He hates Mexico. Um, why yeah. do you call your father? No, he's with Sally in Mexico, but he hates Mexico. Yeah, all the fact you can kind of see her learning how to be single again, especially when she's wearing the sexy cat suit. Right. Ow, ow! Sorry, when he's trying to stop it, stop it. Um, when he's underneath the, with when he's trying to be when pretending to be Gertie, and when you find out Elliot still had. I mean, Henry Thomas's performance in and also Drew yeah. Barrymore's performance is all three of those kids actually are just. But when he's kind of, when you find out Elliot's yeah. kept his dad's jacket because he's still got his smell, it, it's treated like a death, which I think it would be to a young child when, because I'm not yeah. a, a child of divorce, but I can imagine how the grief would be kind of similar, especially if you're not yeah. seeing your dad all the time. Cause I don't even Spielberg is trying to make a kind of a, a biopic for him, which is going to be a lot about his father and his relationship. Yeah. Cause he actually found out after his father passed away more information about the breakup than he did when he was making et so it's going to be right going to be interesting yeah because my top Mm -hmm. yeah yeah the fablements my top three spielberg has five movies in it just because i love yeah et i love close encounters of the third kind because again that is dealing trying to him to try and understand why his father left um because that is about a man Mm -hmm. who just decides to up and leave us it's a process of him leaving his family I love Tim, uh, Temple of Doom only because I watched it so much. I realized that movie has some big racism issues. And it is Spielberg, again, a very personal movie because he's getting divorced. It's his darkest movie. It's him mm-hmm. running out of the country after what happened on the Twilight Zone. Right. Um, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And all this kind of darkness managed into one movie. And I also love Bridge of Spies. I mean, I watched that movie once a year now. Tom Hanks' performance oh, wow. is <laughs> phenomenal. I love Ryan Lance. It's. It is about a man yeah. who is so wholesome, he does not know how to deal with diplomatic issues or spy issues. He doesn't know. And Rylance is a spy who does not behave like a spy because he's, one, he never lies. I don't think he just always says what's on his mind, which for a spy is not what you're meant to do. It's everyone else doing the doublespeak. But no, I if you haven't seen British Spies in a while and think it's it's a, it's an okay, watch it again and just realize who's getting a cold, who's not hanks's performance first I mean his first line is like he's not my guy don't call him my guy he's a client mm. but he's not my guy which is how he sees and how he sees the law is i don't know yeah those, those are some of my some other favorites and et as well because goddamn et <laughs> it's yeah it's, it's the movie i remember being first excited to see dad was bringing home the vhs he was renting it and i somehow knew what et was i don't know how they must have been promoting it but I remember being so excited that Dad was going to be bringing home this VHS of, of 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 VT. So
1: that was one that I actually didn't really grow up with when I was a kid. So yeah. I would have to rewatch that because I I barely remember it to be honest, <laughs> and I haven't even seen like Close Encounters.
2: Close Encounters is so so great. I think it was was it the one he made after Jaws it was seventy seven. Yes, I, I don't know if he mm-hmm. made one. In, so nope, he makes Jaws, and then he way. makes this amazingly large epic that is close encounters and richard dreyfuss is amazing in that movie even though when you go back and think about what he's doing you're like you are not making good choices you are selfish right. you are everything but you've but the wonder that he's caught it up and it yeah it's literally steven spielberg going well all his movies have father issues but it's literally him going why did my father leave what was he thinking what was going through his mind and it's because he saw something greater that he needed to go and do it's the universe. The universe. Your family cannot compete with the universe, and and yeah, it's actually it's a it's surprisingly dark movie when you actually think about it. Because you're like, yeesh.
3: Yeah, <laughs> he says if he had written it now, he would have not had him get on the ship.
2: Yeah, I've heard him say that he would have made him go back to his family, but at the time it was like, no, I'm going to get on that ship and I'm going to go with them. So. <laughs>
3: Spoiler, thanks.
2: Oh, you haven't even seen, oh no, we didn't see the last It's sequence? a lot
3: more like, that comes up. To be fair, up I,
2: yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's the more, oh, I would do that. If that, if I just saw that, I would be on that ship. I wouldn't even be thinking. It's sort of more two <laughs> days later and you're like, may have made a mistake.
3: All right, Lindsay, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, thanks it for has. talking with us and um, talking about one of your favorites with us. A great movie, always wonderful to talk about. So can you just tell us a little bit about Schlock and, and uh where we can find you?
2: Yeah, if you want to follow Schlock and Aw, it's uh, Aw one on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And I kind of like to make up doubles because I guess I'm thinking about it a lot more. But yeah, the show is a double feature uh, podcast where I kind of like to put different genres together to see if they work together like both of you been on so say brian yep. came on for the general and for runaway train which are two very different styled action movies kind of looking at the history of action with trains and michelle has been on for oh what do we do we did brush and what did we pair with that i can't snake eyes snake now. eyes snake eyes oh, like yeah unreliable narrators perfect. <laughs> yeah yeah Completely unreliable narr- uh, narrators, Snake Eyes and, um, and, and Rashomon. Um, God, Rashomon so good. So is Snake Eyes. Um, yeah, it's, all those movies are great. So it's kind of like these different genres and languages and time periods and how they deal with very similar themes, I guess, is probably what it's turned into. And, yeah, that is it. So that is – and, yeah, as I said, follow me on shotgun All One, and I have a blast doing it. And where can
1: we follow you uh, personally? Oh, if you want to follow me personally,
2: I forgot about that one. Um you can follow me reading geek on twitter which i am f- on twitter far too much so i will always be around
1: you're a joy to talk to you on twitter everyone yes, be friends and she's awesome
2: and follow you guys because both of you are amazing um i love reading brian's articles i love following michelle in her magical library what she finds there is insane um <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: pretty magical isn't it not it
2: its so insane it was i'm nice. just like you found that at the light <laughs> wow <laughs>
1: I gotta go this week i'm on vacation i could get a whole you should thing, get like two yeah. snacks probably yeah <laughs> so yeah you can find us on twitter you can find me at michelle in aiken and the show is at movie life pod so be sure to follow us there and take a minute if you could to give us a little rate and review on apple Podcasts or spotify or wherever you're listening yeah. that would be super awesome no you deserve all the lindsey thank you again oh thank you <laughs> thank you so much again it's always a joy to talk to you you're like I said you're one of my favorite people that I've gotten to be friends with and it's so just, yeah. every time we get together it's been great it's, so it's great to finally have you been. on our show when we've yes! been on yours several times <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I will definitely have to have you guys back um, together we'll separate whatever you want anytime. to do so we'll, um, yeah
3: absolutely yeah,
1: anytime alright Brian so what are we going to do next time
3: we'll see you next time Bye.
1: Bye.